Game of Thrones Season 8 is finally here. After 20 months of waiting, we can finally talk about it. The first episode aired last night and was titled Winterfell. We didn't even know the name of this episode until after it aired. That's how secretive the season is. I'm EW Editor-at-Large James Hibbard, and I'm here with our critic extraordinaire, Darren Franich, and we're going to talk about Jon Snow finding out his parentage, Sansa being very unimpressed, Arya reacting to things, and more. First, a word from our sponsor. Introducing the all-new Toyota RAV4 XSE Hybrid with sport-tuned suspension, advanced hybrid technology, and relentless horsepower, it's ready to blow past the competition. And since our most powerful RAV4 is a hybrid, it's leaving all expectations in its wake. RAV4's revolutionized style and luxurious cabin gives you the comfort and confidence to take over. So if it's power you're after, RAV4 XSE Hybrid's the answer. Visit toyota.com slash RAV4 for more details. Okay, so, man, we have so much to talk about. Um, Darren, let's get your impressions first, because I've been yakking about this on Twitter and, uh, you know, you know, gushing about in the recap for, uh, for all night. Uh, what was your reaction as, as EW's critic to the first episode? This was an interesting episode, James. I mean, like, um, cause I remember you had sort of told me having seen the episode before me and most people on earth that like, there was the feeling of a lot of chess pieces moving together. And I, I did get that a little bit. I mean, I, I assume that of all the six episodes in some respects, this one might be like the less momentous in pure plot terms. Um, but what I th- found really interesting about the premiere is that it was really constructed well in, in two ways. First as a kind of echo, of the series premiere, you know, right down to certain visual moments. You kind of mentioned it in your recap that, like, we begin with, like, a very young person watching an approaching royal army, and that is a, you know, kind of direct callback. And even right down to the final moment of, you know, the the the, the final reunion, which is, you know, which is a callback to the very first ending sequence in, in the premiere between Jamie and Bran. Um, th- I thought that was interesting. And just more in general, I thought it was kind of cool how, like, different interactions, different people who hadn't seen each other before or people who'd never seen each other before. There were definitely some that spiked more for me than others. Um, And indeed, the one interaction that I probably least expected was the one that I found most momentous uh, between Danny and Samuel. I mean, you know, I did not even think those two people would share the same scene at any point this season, much less that that would be um, such a kind of unexpected, you know, landmine of awkwardness and of potentially really transformative drama. Um, So I I found that, like, you know, the sort of just, okay, we have all our favorite action figures together aspect of the episode, I thought that was fine, but really like it was kind of towards the end when the drama really started to heat up that I kind of found myself being um, really kind of freaked out about what the future holds actually was that kind of like your experience that like we we, we went from like ah like you know siblings reunited and everyone's kind of back together to like uh oh like everyone's all in one place and that's maybe not the best situation yeah, yeah right uh, yeah we all have to come together to to battle the Night King and that's also also a potentially dangerous situation having all, all these different uh, um uh, rivals in, in, in one spot. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I it was kind of blown away, away by the sophistication of, of of this episode. I mean, the, the, you know, Game of Thrones has been a pretty sophisticated show for a while now. But when you think about, if you thought about being a writer and sitting down to a blank piece of paper and having all these characters coming together, how you would even handle that? You know, there's so many different things that you could do. There's so many different moments you could drill in on, and there's so many different conversations that you could have, and you have to set up the whole you know, rest of the season. And I, I think they make such smart choices in terms of doing that. It's like, 
you know, you have Arya and and John, and it's like, do you need them to talk about the fact that he's he's been you know died and come back to life? N- no, we we you know, we've had a lot on that, so we'll just have that dismissed with kind of a line with 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 Arya going, you know, you know, how did you survive a knife to the heart? You know, but then as you say, um, you know, that scene with uh, with uh, with Daenerys and Samwell, I you know, I would have never thought that that would have been necessarily a scene in the premiere. It and definitely wouldn't occur to me that that would have been to what to me was the best scene in, in the premiere. I, I thought that was that was terrific, and it was it was terrific partly because it was almost like high comedy, right? It was almost like this, you know. As, as I sort of broke down my recap, it's like you know, you know, Sam, you, you know, do you, do you, do you want to take a chance and mention a third person you love to Danny to see if she burned that person to death too? It's like you know, do you want to go for three out of three and mention your sister? You know. It's, it's, you know, it's like, and you can, Daenerys, who's already had this one really awkward meeting, kind of walks in there thinking, oh, this will be an easy meeting. You know, this one should go smoothly. You know, I'm here to say these nice, these nice things to this, to this commoner, you know, but no. And she looks like she wants a trap door to open beneath her and her to fall through the floor. And Sir Jorah is just standing there awkwardly. It's, it's kind of amazing. And then for 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 Samwell to go from that awkward conversation into oh I have to go now talk to 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 Jon Snow about his parentage and Jon's like hey buddy how you doing so good to see you it's like oh poor Sam you know and I just feel like uh, you know and, and so I, I love that it, you know one of the actors uh, as an actor on the show John Bradley you know he's like super sweet you know you know super nice guy you know he always gives you his time really thoughtful and so I kind of loved that the premiere gave um, him like two really big chances to, to shine uh, and, you know and, and show off his his range a bit more than than, than we've perhaps seen before. Totally. Well, and what's cool also, I think, is that, you know, we're in this phase of Game of Thrones where in a lot of respects, um, it is now kind of doing the work of not to say a straightforward fantasy story, but it's just like, you know, this is a show that kind of began at a time where like we're in a fantasy world, but there's no more magic and things are really focused on like politics and they're really focused on like these real world things. Now we're kind of in this phase where all of our characters, for the most part, are preparing to fight a like, you know, giant ice zombie army with a dragon that breathes blue flame so in a way like the sam stuff felt to me like it was really getting back around to the core of the show where it's like here's a guy who a like has to make a really difficult decision that will ruin his pal's new romance which seems to be you know this 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 shining thing in Jon snow's otherwise dark and shadowy and like death laden life um and at the same time that scene between him and danny it kind of brought up something that i like that was kind of bubbling through the surface of this premiere which is that you know the show hasn't forgotten about the history of these characters, the history that their families share, the history that is kind of taking place between these individuals. Um, and so I just loved that, like, you know, at this moment of John just kind of going around and telling everyone, like, listen, guys, like, it's time to put aside old rivalries. Let's all, like, partner up here. We have to defeat this, you know, potentially apocalyptic catastrophe. I just loved how, you know, the least expected thing would be Sam, who didn't even seem to like his family all that much, nevertheless being genuinely 
genuinely, you know, in a very human way, disturbed to hear that the person who is now his, like, you know, royal overseer has killed the rest of his bloodline. I, I just thought that was really interesting. And to your point, I loved the kind of dexterity of how that scene leads him to the John scene, right? right? That, like, he's clearly been kind of mulling this information for a long time. He's getting no help from the Brandbot 3000 or whatever you, what do you call Brand now in your recaps? Oh, the Brandbot 9000, yeah. <laughs> So, so, so he's like, I, 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 I felt like Brad was clearly like, Sam, you, you go handle this like potentially awkward uh, piece of, of information. I liked how like this way it felt motivated, almost kind of spiteful in a way, because I do think that on some level, Sam is kind of the person who even more so than Sansa or the other Northmen, um, he kind of has the most reason to wonder about Danny as a uh, as a queen now. Right, right. And, and of course, in that in that awkward scene, with with uh, with Danny and Sam, you know, you know, it's funny because he's like asking her for a pardon for taking a book, and she's like, a, a book? Why would that be a big deal? And it's like, no, that book is about to really mess up your life potentially, you know, you know, because that book is the one that says that's not your claim, and that and and that you're sleeping with your nephew. It's it's like he leaves out that little detail about what's in that book. Um, Poor Jorah, too. George kind of looked like he was the guy who was like, hey, like, you know, we're all pals. Like, uh, you know, this is going to be a fun little, like, like, meeting of future friends. Like, uh oh, what's happening? What's happening? Right. Something awkward is happening. Right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah. What else kind of, uh, but, but James, like, what else kind of jumped out at you from the premiere up in the Winterfell section? Um, because again, there are just like all these interactions of people who've not seen each other since the beginning or, you know, who have not seen each other in many, many years. Like, Arya herself you kind of mentioned this in your recap but like her reactions to the kind of flood of familiar faces coming in kind of set the tone for the episode in, in some ways and i remember back when aria was watching the players and and bravos and i remember marveling at how entertaining it is to watch her react to things and in this you, you get this like you know this whole series of aria reacting to things you get her reacting to seeing her her brother again, and then, oh, look, there's the Hound, and oh, look, there's Gendry, and oh, look, there's dragons. It's like, yeah, you can just watch a whole hour of her just, like, reacting to things, you know, because she, she's you know, she's such a marvelous actress, Maisie Williamson, and it's so entertaining. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we we, we really, we got to talk about um, uh, Daenerys meeting Sansa, which, uh, you know, was was teased in, in the trailer, and I think was I think that entire sequence was just like this home run of sort of delightfully sort of arch yet yet not too much um, uh, you know prickliness there because you know they have all the reason in the world you know they're they're they're, they're not being petty I mean they they both have all the reason in the world to not like each other I mean with you know with uh, with Daenerys I mean. Uh, you know, you know the, the the Starks, you know, father helped kill her father. You know, you, you know, they're part of the reason that she's been exile her whole life. She could have gone to King's Landing and just taken the Iron Throne and and held up there. She would have been a much better, you know, position to, to survive winter that way. 
She could have gone back to Essos, you know, after seeing the Night King. Instead, she marches north to save these people with all her stuff, and that's this, you know, you know, frosty welcome that she gets from Sansa. But from Sansa, on the other hand, you know, the Mad King, you know, burned her grandfather and uncle alive. You know, they the Targaryens have this terrible reputation. She sends off her brother to treat with this woman, and he comes back all, all moony-eyed and going, yeah, I'm no longer king, you know? And, and she has to, like, quarter this massive army that, that, that she's brought, and she can barely feed her own people. So everything about, you know, their... Their, their resentments towards each other make total sense. And it's just kind of a matter of whether they, they can bridge it. And I just think this bit, way both the actors play it, there's that scene in the Great Hall. And, yes, and, yes. and I, you know, watching this the episode the second time, it really hit home how well <laughs> director David Nutter handled that. There's that shot of them like along the table and they're kind of talking to each other while like looking outwards and like not even looking at each other while there's also this little side eye going on too. And you have John just sort of staring straight out as the sniping is going back and forth, looking like he, he just wants to be anywhere, but where he's at, you know, it, it was this really well-directed, um, you know, sharp sequence. And, you know, and of course ending with that great, you know, Daenerys line about, you know, what the dragons is like, whatever they want, you know? That line was so crazy, especially because I, I believe it was kind of framed with like you know Danny kind of back here talking to to Sansa with John like kind of right in between them. Like I mean, that's almost like a like double entendre given like what's going on between Danny and John. And what I loved about that also is it gets to the core of why Sansa is the person who should be running things. She's the one person, James, who's focused on basic resource management. Like everybody <laughs> else is like, oh, dragons, like wow, like oh, like you know the soldiers of an army we've never seen before and she's just like well we don't really have the food stores to feed all these people what do we even feed these like giant beasts of absurd fantasy and I mean it's, it's an issue because I, I think that we are to gather that dragons merely eating like whatever it was 11 sheep and 13 goats is like a small breakfast for them so like, I, I just I, I liked how you immediately kind of got on, on a sense in every way in a personal way in a larger political way that like Daenerys and Sansa are just on opposing ends and yeah I love how it was framed literally that way with them on opposite ends of that long table and like the poor young like Umber Lord just <laughs> as, as as far as like just kind of like the immediate dissection of the power dynamics like him just being so confused about like my lady my lord my queen like I just <laughs> that, that was I, I, I thought that was a really clever yeah. um, just dramatization of all the underlying tensions that are kind yes. of going on at at uh, Winterfell right now. That's a really good point. Yeah, that, yeah, that's 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 that, that that was a clever way of of of, of highlighting you know the serve the, the the inherent awkwardness of the current power power structure. And of course, you know, you think <laughs> that scene just being tossed in there for a little cuteness and and you know a little bit of business getting done before the council or whatever. And it's like no, 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 that 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 poor kid's gonna be brutally killed later that's <laughs> this is game of thrones remember what show you're watching <laughs> yeah yeah i i i, I james it's funny because after seeing the kid i had this whole grand theory i was gonna run by you that like you know it's funny that like the whole run of the show so far has to a certain extent been about the rise of the kind of for lack of a better word the like millennial westerosi yes. that like 
you know, the uh, older generation of Baratheons and Starks dies. And now, like, now we're seeing the next, next generation kind of coming up. And it was like, oh, no, like, they are also dying now. And they are dying horribly. And they are being left behind. And, 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 be, and actually, when we saw the kid's body, for a second, I was kind of like, oh, that's weird. They sort of carved that, like, spiral thing. Like, oh, nope, those are, those are body parts. Those are body parts that have been assembled in a nice, like, decoupage by the Night King and his pals. So, yeah. For, for, fair to say, I'm, I'm, I'm saving all of grander theories about what the show means and, and, and until the end of episodes from now on. Right. But, you know, you, you mentioned uh, 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 the dragons and, and, and their eating issues. I, you know, I, I, I found it kind of funny when, you know, Daenerys is like, oh, you know, you know, the dragons don't like the North, you, you know, it's, it's, it's so clearly kind of this like physical manifestation of, of her own yeah. private feelings, uh, you know, you know, given her bond with, with, uh, with the dragons. I mean, you know, it's sort of like, you know, you know, somebody coming into your apartment and they're holding their dog and they're like, Oh, you know, my dog doesn't like your apartment. It's like, no, you know, it's, it's like, no, I, I think you're the other one who doesn't like my, my apartment, <laughs> you know? Um, how did you feel about, um, you know, I think that uh, in the lead up to this new season, James, you've talked about and written a lot about just the idea of, you know, what do you get with more time working on individual episodes? What do you get from a bigger budget? You know, it's not just going to be these huge battle sequences, though it will be that at some point. Um, I thought that, like, the scene of them flying together was kind of an example of something that I think we wouldn't have gotten as much of in earlier seasons. Um, you know, it's it's in a way, like, maybe the best expression of how they're feeling about each other, you know, they're on this dragon ride. It's the first time that Danny's ever found a guy who can do that for reasons that will soon become quite horrifying, possibly. Um, but just kind of like, I-, I thought it really had a nice romantic air to it. And then them kind of going to that faraway place and getting to be alone together for a second. Um, it was interesting. I mean, in a lot of ways, I-, I don't have the fullest read on their relationship in general right now. And I find that like, just there's a certain instinct I have with it where like, I want to see it get a lot weirder and a lot worse worse for them um but I, I wonder if like this was sort of for them like the last golden moment right like this is everything from here is going to be awkward conversations and awkward things happening at you know between families and awkward battles um but how did you feel in general about their little kind of getaway and and what was your interpretation of like that long leering look that the one dragon <laughs> gave john <laughs> I, I absolutely uh, love that sequence. I, I, I thought it was gorgeously shot. I'm, it's one of those moments where you're like, yeah, you, you're not seeing this on any other, you know, TV production. I mean, the, this looks insanely expensive. I, I, I particularly loved that sort of, you know, you know, stomach plummeting dive down into the canyon. You um, with John barely <laughs> able to hold on. Um, and yeah, it's it's an expression of their relationship. And it's an expression of what I think. You know, when Danny thinks of of them as a couple, you know, you know, you know, this is you know potentially what it's going to be like. It's going to be me and this guy, and we're we'll be ruling, and we're we'll be riding, you know, freaking dragons, and you know, and and I think you know, in in that respect, you know, her finding out that he's a Targaryen, you know, would be like, hey, hey, you know, you know, you know, you know, even more like what you know, you know, my family normally uh, is like, you know, because that's 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 you know. You know Targaryens, you know mating and riding their dragons is 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 part of their history. Um, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I I thought that, the yeah. the little getaway moment uh, was interesting because she has that line where she talks about 
um, you know, we could just stay here, you know, and she's you know, gesturing to, you know, to the cave. And that's the same thing uh, uh, Ygritte said when, when, when they were in the cave that, 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 that one time uh, in, I, I guess it was probably, probably like season three. Um, you know, you know, this, you know, we don't need to go back to all the chaos. You know, we can just stay here. You know, you know, you know basically if, you know, if we just stay together, you know, we can, we can protect what we have. You know, we can protect the, this, mm-hmm. this, this love and, and, and romance. You know, we don't need to be involved in all that. But, you know, ultimately, even if John did want that, you know, Danny surely doesn't. I mean, she, you know, she, she has mm-hmm. her eyes on the Iron Throne and, 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 and she's going to continue that, that march towards that. Yeah. And again, just to think about like some of the underlying tensions of this episode, um, I think in general, I I just liked how there are people who legitimately are concerned about Danny as a ruler in such a way that like I'm also kind of rethinking my expectations of her. Um, You know, the scene where Sam is kind of saying that, you know, you, Jon Snow, you're like Mr. Mercy. I mean, yes, you have like certainly killed people, but you've also like given amnesty to whole cultures of people who who previously were considered enemies. And it's interesting to frame that next to Danny, whose rise to power has just been in, in, in a lot in in some ways similar. There were times where she's tried to sort of be more diplomatic and in other ways she is a mother of dragons who has the equivalent of like you know the nuclear bomb of westeros so it's interesting to kind of see that dynamic play out james um aria went to hang out in a forge full of people she hasn't seen in a while um what was your thoughts about uh, her hanging out with the hound again her her hanging out with uh, gendry again um i thought that was kind of like another great showcase for Maisie williams like you were talking about but fair to say there was a lot of tension that was going on I- in there which i thought was well matched by the fact that there was just the like grotesque fiery uh you know stuff happening all all in the background um you know it's like i wanted more of both um i especially wanted yeah. more with Arya and the Hound, because uh, I thought their relationship was so great. And uh, rewatching the show, one of my favorite scenes of the entire series was the scene where where she leaves him to die, and 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 their whole exchange there I thought was super powerful. Um, yeah, <laughs> I. I, I did like that, you know, where the Howard is like, you know, you left me to die. She's like, I also robbed you. You know, in, in other words, in, in other words, <laughs> this is how unafraid of you I am. That 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 when you say that, I'm going to point out that no, I I you know I I was actually even worse than that to you, and you you know and and screw you if you don't like it. Uh, that, that that was such a like a little power move. It's hard in a way because the Hound and Arya, like, they're just kind of like if not the best single pairing on the show, they're really high up there. And like their season of kind of wandering through the ruins of Westeros. Um, for me, that's the like Cormac McCarthy's The Road edition of uh, of Game of Thrones, where it's just like so seared in your, in your memory as a viewer. Um, I did like though that this was an episode that had some really kind of, you know, sincere and happy reunions. Him just telling her very bluntly, like, you know, you're, you're a cold little bitch, aren't you? As both praise, but also... Also as sort of like, yeah, like you survived because you're down at my level now. Like, you know, you are exactly as scarred as I look. And, you know, that is the only way you've managed to survive. I thought there was something really kind of complicated in that. A a little more so than, I mean, her hanging out with Gendry again was more of the kind of nice, this is a pleasant reunion between people who generally like each other. Um, Though that did have the one moment that I think a lot of people were wondering about where she kind of handed him that thing to to make, which I I, I mean, I assume it's a weapon 
and we'll see in the big battle sequence. Um, but that that seemed mo- more plot specific than like emotions between two characters. Yeah, specific. yeah. I mean, you get the sense that that there there's some uh, you know you know definitely the that friendliness there, and you know they're they're a little older now, which which makes it you know a bit more awkward. You know, in 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 some ways, it's like <laughs> you look good. You know, it's it's like they're they're not, they're not quite sure how how to express themselves around each other, uh, which is cute. Um, the, uh, yeah. And she hands him, uh, that drawing for a device. We assume it's, it, it's, it's a weapon. We assume she has, she has some sort of specific idea for it. So, um, yeah, yeah it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. James, um, one last little bit of business up in Winterfell. Uh, my favorite new power trio is the kind of Davos, Tyrion, Spider uh, combination of people behind the throne. Um, loved seeing them kind of interact, but I think there's an issue we have to talk about, and you kind of brought it up in your recap. So Tyrion is going around telling everyone, like, guys, like, Lannister army is on its way. Might not be that happy to hear about that, but, like, you know, they're coming yeah. up, they're going to help out. And, you know, again, just full credit to, I think, how completely Sansa has kind of taken over um, a lot of what I enjoy about the show. She kind of just calls him out on it and is very dismissive of believing his sister and, you know, kind of says, like, I used to think you were the cleverest man alive. And, you know, I'm starting to wonder, James, if, well... If a couple of things are happening, first of all, you know, Tyrion's made some really bad decisions in the last couple of seasons. Um, you know, we've kind of talked about this before. I'm kind of wondering, is he like the Cy Tolliver of the show now? Like, you and I are both big fans of, of HBO's Deadwood. And on Deadwood, um, the character Cy Tolliver is played by Powers Booth. And because he's Powers Booth, you're just like, oh, he's going to be like a totally savvy, you know, secretive power monger running the town. And by the end, you realize like, oh, he's totally doesn't know what he's doing. Doing here, like he is very outmatched by everyone else, and I just I wonder is that kind of where we're building with Tyrion that like he was this sort of like incredibly savvy political figure in the sort of season two, season three golden age, and now he is just sort of like making mistakes right. in a way that like I mean you know we'll we'll see how this plays out I assume because Jamie has now arrived, but I just I find that kind of interesting if that is where the show is going, but I mean how, how do you feel about that like as a viewer that we're now kind of deep into this era of Tyrion who used to be able to sense every everything in a kind of chess match ninja way um, that, that he so totally has misinterpreted Cersei's intentions. Yeah, I mean, Tyrion, you know, used to be such a main driver of, of the action and was always, you always had the feeling he was like the smartest guy in the room and that, that was one reason you sort of liked him. And, and, and while on one hand I like the idea of, of muddying that up a bit and, and having him stumble... Uh, one of my criticisms of the show the past couple of years, one of my few criticisms of it really is, is, is that I felt like in order to advance the plot, they've had to have him be dumber in some ways, because if he was such a brilliant tactician last year, Daenerys would have easily uh, wiped out Cersei. But so he had to kind of, you know, keep fumbling in, in order to sort of, you know, keep the, the chessboard balanced. And, and now we have here with him there, it's like, he knows his sister so well, you know, he knows the depths of, of, of her selfishness so well, it's it's surprising that he seems that convinced. You know, you know, I would think that he'd at least be a little bit like, well, you know, this is what she told me. You know, hope it works out. You know, fingers crossed. You know, you wouldn't. Th- I, I wouldn't you think. I wouldn't think Cersei. that he would be that sold on it. You know, given all their interactions in, in the past. 
Yeah, yeah. Although, uh, just one thing I will say is in his interaction with, uh, we need a name for him. If anybody out there is smarter than me, like, because they, I, I, I was going to call them like the three hands, but Varys has never actually been the, the hand of any kings or queens yet. Um, but in that moment, there was just another just frozen second that really stuck out to me um, was Varys sort of like staring off at John and Daenerys having this really love a dovey, let's go around and check out the battlements moment. Um, and I think what he said was just like nothing yeah, lasts. They're doomed. And that doomed. seemed like a really yeah, 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 yeah. Which, 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 which I know. Like I mean, it, it, like as I'm saying it now, because I'm a poor performer, it sounds really portentous. But I just thought there was a really lovely. Um, Lovely bit of wisdom there, in a way. And again, in an episode that just leaned really heavily on these sort of like, we're getting the teams all together. Um, I, I wonder if that is kind of the beginning of what may be a somewhat more bittersweet or melancholy tone as the season goes along. Quick break to tell you about the all-new Toyota RAV4 Limited. It's got unexpected twists and turns around every corner, like a good season of Game of Thrones. It delivers advanced tech, refined style, available dynamic torque vectoring all-wheel drive, and multi-terrain selection. So it's prepared for pretty much anything in its path. Visit toyota.com slash rav4 for more details. Fair to say, you know, because I, I, watching the premiere, I was kind of like, okay, like, is there going to be any new spots? Like, uh, you know, it'd be great if they, like, showed us the Iron Islands again, said no one ever except for me. <laughs> um, but uh, fair to say, I was not expecting them to go further north than Winterfell between the Wall and uh, Winterfell to Last Hearth. Um, but we had a nice little, uh, a cool new uh, growing diorama. By the way, I love how like all the dioramas like make way more noise now than they ever used to in in, in the in, in the opening yeah, sequence. Yeah. Um, a lot more like things kind of clicking together. A lot of camera swooping through places. Yeah. Um, but uh, in Last Hearth, uh, the people who miraculously did survive the uh, attack of the blue flame on the wall are making their way south. Um, they, uh, you know, this is where you sort of see that Umber has been killed and the Night King is coming. Um, what was your kind of, uh, James, we're, we're both on the record as being uh, Dolorous Ed fans, but um, what was your feeling about this scene? This seemed like a big sort of like, we are pushing forward the idea that the Night King is uh, on approach right now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to remind the audience of of the, of the impending action and and the impending threat. I mean, you, you need to ha- you know touch to that. In a way, it's also another callback to... Uh, the pilot when 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 the three characters were Night's Watch um, and were, were venturing north and and stumbled upon the the White Walkers and the dismembered body in that so 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 in a way this is also a callback and it's a little bit of a reminder you know if this little dead kid can be that you know freaky and 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 threatening you know what's gonna be like when you have like millions of these you know coming at you yeah my, my mother-in-law this was her first episode of oh, game no. of thrones or like, <laughs> it was kind of her first episode she's i mean she's a savvy person she'd like kind of watched a little bit of a previous episode and, and had, had read a lot about it um but uh she was kind of like sending me her, her thoughts about the episode and at one point she was like you know there's a lot of dark scenes in it and i was like yeah i mean it is sort of a serious show and she was like no 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 like there's there's literally 
visually dark scenes and that scene in particular she kind of compared it to like the walking dead where it's just like this moment of like if your tv screen is not so hot and mine is not like that one bit of them going down the corridor i was just like i think that's torment like i'm not sure so i did like how maybe this has happened before but it's the first time that i kind of noticed it um the use of the flame sword as just like a light sword <laughs> just to... i thought was that was that was very yeah, useful yeah it's just like you know it's 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 either the, this, this incredible you know magical weapon or it's a flashlight you know it, it, it's, it's it a can flashlight. be it's, it's dual use the uh the, the, the flaming it is sword literally it is the sword yeah. that lights yeah. it is the sword that lights well, what, the darkness what, um, one thing i always love about barrack is 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 his voice. I mean, he's, he's just got this amazing voice. I, it's like, I, I want him to like narrate like audiobooks. He's, you know, it, you, <laughs> next time Barrack talks, just pay attention to it, to his voice. It's, it, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Um, all right. So, uh, that was last hearth. Uh, definitely last some, hearth uh, or last people hearth? hearth is, Last hearth or last hearth? Well, listen, I still call Daenerys like Daenerys sometimes. <laughs> so, like, you better not ask me anything about pronunciation <laughs> questions. Um, oh, God. I think I used to call them like Targaryens back when I was just reading the books. What Anyhow, was it that, that, that um, you got in was trouble a- for, for calling Sansa? Uh, like Sansa, I think. Again, it's all. Listen, listen. Everybody out there who's watching this stuff in things where they're saying it out loud it has this like elitism about it. Like you know, we all thought it was Thanos for a long time, not Thanos. Okay. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I I, I, I might have gotten that wrong again too. So, yes. James, we're moving mm-hmm. south. Moving south down to uh, King's Landing. King's Landing's diorama was my favorite diorama. Great to sort of have that swoop into um, the Iron Throne. I, I, I think that Cersei's plans in general, I would still say, are pretty solid. I mean, she's like definitely the person who's kind of like everybody else work on fixing global warming and climate change. Right. And I'll just continue and, and I will just continue to like personally enrich myself. Right. Um, but I think it's a good plan. I think it's a good plan to like bank on the heroism of other people while you're kind of staffing up your army. Um, but, uh, you know, you have a really interesting piece online, James, where you talked to um uh to uh, Lena Headey about her big decision of the night her big personal decision sleeping with Euron um what did you kind of think in general about their interaction and about the stuff happening uh, down down in King's Landing yeah it was interesting because Lena Headey um initially protested that uh that uh, Cersei would sleep with Euron just like the character protested you know, sleep with Euron and uh, she was like saying you know I kept saying she wouldn't she wouldn't she would keep fighting you know her feeling is is that you know Cersei would not uh, give in to the pirate, um, and the showrunners felt, and 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 uh, you know, Lena, you know, came around around to agreeing uh, that ultimately Cersei would do whatever she needed to to survive, and that in this case, you know, she cannot afford to lose Euron's um, support and his troops and his horses, and it's it's like you know, it, and it was interesting to watch the way that whole sequence was shot because you're in the throne room it's like dark there's like hardly anybody in there except for a few um you know you you know queen's guard and you know creepy kyburn you know lurking around there it just emphasizes how alone she is at this point you know uh, you know does she even have a small council you know so and 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 this guy is like as loathsome as he is it's it's like it's like the last strong ally she's got left so you know to me it, it does make sense that that she would do it you know she needed to do um 
And of course, um, you know, there's also a question in there in terms of uh, her, 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 her pregnancy too, because we, we've been told she's pregnant. A lot of people are focusing on the fact that she's drinking wine. Uh, again, uh, you know, you know, d- does that mean something? We, you know, we don't know. Have these people like never watched like Mad Men? Like, do they remember <laughs> when like Betty's pregnant neighbor was like drinking highballs? Like, I don't. I, I mean, like, I, 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 I get some of this theorizing, and I guess on some level, James, like. I guess I, I just don't want this to be like a Glee season one fake pregnancy plot line. Mm-hmm. Like it, it makes more sense to me that she's just a like extremely, um, you know, that that as a mother, she's making some unhealthy decisions right. that maybe at the time or whatever time this is, we're not thought to be that unhealthy. But I see it's funny. My read on it was a little different that there may have been some element of. I mean, maybe this is a bit of a stretch, but like she doesn't want her son or daughter to be a bastard. Like that still maybe kind of matters in the realm of Westeros to the extent that people still Mm. care about anything anymore besides surviving. And so like, you know, if she can sort of essentially say that this is result of me and another high family Lord person, you know, is there more claim there? I don't know. As I'm saying this, I'm losing faith in this theory a little bit, but what, what do you think? What's your read on like, Cersei drinking wine yeah. while yeah while well, well as, as as fans point out you know she wasn't drinking wine in the season seven uh, finale and that's how Tyrion you know, realized that uh, that she might be pregnant yeah I mean again I, I I'm intrigued to see where this goes I I guess that like um, what was interesting to me on a pure sort of moving the pieces together level is that you know we do see her kind of armoring up. There's the arrival of the Golden Company. Um, they do not have elephants, unfortunately, which I think is really sad. I think it's sad that we're in this day and age, James, where it's easier to have dragons in a show than elephants, frankly. But, um, you know, it's interesting to me in general how this episode was framing the stuff going on down there. Um, you know, we've kind of talked a lot about the fact that there is this battle that's going to happen with the army of the dead. Um, you know, without spoiling too much in the next time on at the end of this episode in the preview for next week's episode, um, I, I think you're left with the impression that that battle is happening sooner rather than later as far as these six episodes go. Um, so I'm, I'm just kind of, it feels to me as if, you know, in some respects, the real meat of the season might kind of come down to what Cersei is planning down south. And, you know, we should point out that um, this was an episode that was, uh, you know, filled with Greyjoys as far as there are Greyjoys still left in the world. Um, I really thought that another kind of like stealth missile scene that I was not expecting to really enjoy was uh, between Euron and Yara. Um, Just a really cool, uh, the director kind of filmed it like it was all one long take of him almost kind of slithering around her. Um, You know, it, it seems... It seems to me that like this is probably the last episode where we see Yara. Um, Theon comes and frees her, and she kind of sails off to the Iron Islands. Um, last time we see her, or at least the last time we see her for a while. Um, but I, I, I thought that was like, you know, I, I wanted more in some respects. Maybe just because I sort of really think that like between Theon and Euron, there's this element of unfinished business. Um, but I, 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 I guess that like this was sort of for me 
the one big complaint of the episode in terms of like a single character was it seems weird to send Theon to King's Landing just so he can kind of say like, all right, now I'm also going to Winterfell with everybody else. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to where everybody else all, 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 is already. I, you know, I, I disagree with, agree with that. I think it makes perfect sense that he would feel like his top priority is to save his sister and 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 to make good on that. But now that she's saved, you know, he could either run off to the Iron Iron Islands or go for, you know, double redemption, you know, you know, double jeopardy yeah. redemption and 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 go back <laughs> to try and uh, and keep keep his word to the Starks as well. And uh, so yeah, I, I I you know, it was it was short but but it was sweet and, and I think it sort of, you know, wrapped up part of that thread pretty well. And uh, it means, you know, more reunions, you know, next next yeah. week uh, when, you know, presumably uh, Theon arrives. I did like, I mean, th- this is the one respect where I just know that I'm like such a nerd for the books. Like, I'm always going to feel like there was some money left on the table in the Asha Greyjoy into Yara Greyjoy adaptation. Um, but I did really like how uh, in that reunion of Yara and Theon, there was just this great unspoken sibling slash, hey, you left me hanging before for moment of him freeing her and her immediately headbutting him and then kind of welcoming him up. That, that was just another a nice unspoken piece of business between uh, um, uh, between two characters. Uh, and now she's sailing off to a potential spinoff ruling the Iron Islands. I did like how she was kind of like, oh, um, I'm going to go to the Iron Islands uh, as a way to help uh, the queen because you know like if they lose up at Winterfell they'll need a place to retreat to it's like yeah sure okay that yeah it's, go take over your like sad island nation like that's fine like you know I'm, I'm pretty sure the dead can figure out a way to get there if they have to by the way yeah, well, it's it's not clear whether how you know what what the extent of of winter is right. I mean, is it just as yeah. bad in King's Landing as, as as it's going to be, presumably in Winterfell? You know, you know, can you know the dead can't swim, but you know, can the sea freeze over? Uh, you know, you know, we Ooh. we don't know that. Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, Ooh, I mean, there you, we go. you see those tiles flipping over um, in the new opening credits sequence as 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 the land freezes. I mean, how far down will those tiles continue to flip? We don't know. Yeah. Iron Islands might not be safe. Um, James, uh, the big kind of final moment of the episode is the arrival of Jamie. Um, his his sort of war beard, I think, is the most impressive war beard of anyone. Um, I see that as a member of the bearded community, of which you are no yeah, longer. Yeah, by the I mean, way. Once, I'm stunned. I'm stunned by once, this. Once it hits ninety <laughs> degrees in Austin, I I I just go ahead and shave. I mean, that's that's oh, James. It's kind of a, a, a winter only beard. We're 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 recording this. I'm, I'm I'm looking at you via Google Hangouts. You you look young. You look fresh. You've you've you've, you've lost a few years, <laughs> whereas I just get older and older. Um, but Jamie and Branbot nine thousand, yes. uh, they see each other. Um, Bran is another person where. Uh, he's kind of a wait and see for me right now. It's very kind of unclear to me um, to what extent he's still himself and to what extent he's kind of just become this like omniscient, I've downloaded the entirety of a wiki of Ice and Fire and the Game of Thrones wiki uh, and and I'm very omniscient now. So I I, I don't have the best read on him anymore, um, but I did think that uh, Nicolai Kosterwalda, his kind of like moment at the end of seeing this kid, you know, in such a momentous bookend 
candid fashion of the first time he saw him at the end of a Game of Thrones episode and pushed him out a window. Um, I, I, I thought that was kind of an interesting note to end on. Um, what was your kind of read of that scene and, and where do you think that kind of goes uh, from here? And now that, now that you know, we, we've had social awkwardness at Winterfell, but this is literally someone arriving who it seems like multiple people would be happy to see dead. Yeah, when you see that scene, what goes through your head is, you know, oh no, Jamie's really in trouble now, right? But we don't know what Bran is thinking at all, and that's and that's part of the mystery there. It's like, to what extent is he still human? You know, does he harbor actual any you know feeling of of wanting to get revenge on 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 this person who who you know so cruelly disabled him all those years ago, or or is he? you know, so beyond that now in terms of his evolution into the three-eyed raven that, that that he doesn't even care. But then again, he is down there waiting for him. You know, he, he said, I'm waiting for an old friend, sort of chill, you know, coldly. It's So clearly he's down there for a reason. He must have some sort of feeling or thought about it. I, I actually interviewed uh, Nikolai about that scene in a post that hasn't gone up yet, but will probably be up online by the time this, this, uh, the, this podcast uploaded. And I asked him to sort of break down what Jamie was feeling in that exact moment. And he said, first of all, I don't think wheelchairs are a normal thing in Westeros, he says. <laughs> you know, you know, he, see, was just, he, he was just shocked by the wheelchair. He's like, he's like <laughs> I think it's like, he said, first of all, yeah, I don't think wheelchairs are a normal thing in Westeros. He was, I think his reaction is like, what the hell? And then, oh my God, that's the kid. He says, I think I know, I think he knows Bran didn't die, but he didn't expect to meet him. And then I asked, well, okay, so what about now? And now his mission changes once again. It goes from, I know my brother Tyrion is here. I'm going to fight the good fight to I'm in deep shit uh, because this, this is the Lord of Winterfell who I tried to kill. And I'm sure he wants revenge. You know, that's what Jamie expects in that moment. Um, but as much as we're focused on Jamie and Bran, I think what's m- way more interesting is Jamie and Daenerys because Jamie killed her, you know, her dad. I mean, she, she wasn't, you know, hugely, you know, sort of like, like with Samwell, you know, she, you know, she had just very mixed feelings, you know, uh, you know uh, 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 about her father, but it's still her father. And he like yeah. was charged with protecting him and murdered him. So, uh, we get this little clip of a promo clip from from next week's episode, and you see, you know, Danny up on that panel with her like mouth twitching. You know, you can practically you know hear her thinking, "Burn them all, burn them all." You know, sort of, <laughs> this is sort of Mad King, you know, you know, you know, mantra. You know, bubbling up. You know, while looking at him, you know, standing there. Yeah, it's funny because I mean, in general, you know. It's interesting to think of how all these characters have changed. And in this episode, there's a lot of awareness of that change. It's almost kind of like, you know, all the Stark kids, you know, you kind of interviewed the writer, Dave Hill, who talked about how, you know, we're not going to see all of them sort of do what you might expect them to do, which is like, where have you been? What's been going on? And in some respects, I'm sad about that just because I do think there'd be a great, like sort of almost leftovers, Kevin Garvey moment of like, I'm the three eyed Raven now. Like, Oh, uh, what's, what's that? (laughs) Or like, wait, so Arya, you can like change your face now. Like, you know, there's, there's some stuff that I, 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 I wonder if it could have been dramatized, but what I like in general is that there is this sense of like, you know, we all know we've gone on this long journey. We've come back very 
changed, and we're okay with that. Um, with Jamie, I feel like we as viewers have seen his change, or I've really, I've really seen that like there's so much more to him than the kind of face he shows to the outside world. Um, but now he's seeing all these people where, yeah, like... You know, you go around the room like uh, Daenerys. Um, I killed your father. Uh, all the Stark kids. I, you know, was not that long ago. I was fighting in the streets with your father and helped to kill him. And uh, you know, I'm on everybody's list of vengeance. And so, um, you know, I guess in general that in an episode that seemed like it was a lot about people who were just kind of barely getting along, um, his arrival definitely does sort of push it into um, a place where a lot of the issues that are swirling around just kind of get bubbled up right to the surface yeah and of course he does have one potential advocate at winterfell because brienne's there so and so hopefully we'll get a reunion with uh with them i mean she she's like the one person that can serve a test to the jamie that that we as viewers know right you know in in, in terms of, yeah. of 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 his arc and, and how that progresses she was like, yo, this one time we were in a bath and he got really serious and I saw that, like, it, I saw into his soul. It was a whole thing. You, you guys really had to be there. Like, I, I know you all hate him, but um, James, another check-in from the moms. My mom, it was her first episode of Game of Thrones last night. She she jumped right in. She jumped right in. She totally got it. Uh, she, she texted me. I found the first 15 minutes totally engaging, but I am falling asleep. I'll find it tomorrow on On Demand because I want to see what happens. That creepy dead creature was horrid amazing cast of characters and special effects wow she didn't, have to watch, she didn't have to watch she didn't watch the first seven seasons she yeah, got it wow. she she dove she dove right into the deep end with like 35 named yeah. characters yeah, sp 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 speaking um, of which you know I, i'm really curious about the ratings because those are coming this afternoon and uh and it's you know going to be a big record i'm sure it's going to be the probably the most watched entertainment show of the year in, including, you know, broadcast television and cable and, you know, walking dead and all that. Um, so it's just a matter of how big of a record it's going to be. Uh, so that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty exciting. I'm, I'm predicting somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 million viewers, but uh, we'll, we'll, Ooh, we'll okay. see. I mean, that's really high, especially for a, a, a premiere. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the, the previous season finale did like, 16.3 million viewers including nielsen plus streaming overnight so you know normally you don't compare premieres to finales you compare compare premieres to premieres at, compare but, them compare them compare them but in this case i'm i'm i think i don't think like 20 percent or so above the finale is, is is like too crazy so i think it could be that or even higher you're on the record. It's it's great that you're here, James, because I was going to predict that it would have chameleon viewers. So you're you're a little well, more specific. It, it, I, you've, you've you've kind of zeroed I, in I'm, a little I'm, bit. I'm, I'm, I don't know if you saw the UK Daily Mail story, but there is a story that got a lot of pickup. It was like Game of Thrones to get a billion viewers worldwide. It's like well, you just made up that number. You can't just make up numbers. Even HBO doesn't know how many viewers a show has worldwide due to all the different methods of distribution. You know, and by the way, it's almost certainly closer to hundred million than it is to a billion it's just like what would be a good number for a headline a billion let's do that so it's like it's like can, can you james, do that is, only, is, is, like... is, is that the new rule you can just make up stuff james you're so focused on the math and the logic if you move the decimal point like one figure over it's not that big of a difference come on 
Um, James, uh, what can people expect uh, from the James Hibbard base of Game of Thrones posts in the next few days? People listening at home can't see, but right now you're actually typing on two different computers the way that Alicia Keys was playing two pianos at, at the Grammys. <laughs> it's, it's very impressive that you're doing that while recording a podcast. Um, but uh, what's coming up, and uh, what are you kind of excited about as, as we go into the second episode? Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really excited because the second episode um, – is going to be the first episode that hasn't screened anywhere. So it's like certain things kind of got out there about what happens in, in the premiere. Um, I'll be curious to see if the spoilers remain on lockdown going in, in, into episode two. Um, and, uh, you, know, you know, we're going to have some, uh, some, some ongoing coverage and, uh, yeah, the second episode, from what I understand, um, it's written by uh, Brian Cogman, and uh, it tends to be the one that kind of feels like most like a play, um, is the way it's been described. Uh, so it's it's a very kind of intimate uh, episode. Um, so uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's about all, all I can probably probably say about it, but. Um, you're saying you're saying you're saying like it's a play. It's more like Twelve Angry Men than Spider Man. Turn off the dark. It's a little more intimate. A little more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because because listen, I'm I'm I, I'm here for Thrones. Turn off the dark too. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like even in the preview, you kind of got a little bit of that sense. I'm I, I'm intrigued yeah, to see yeah. that, especially given how you know as, as you've kind of written a lot about. There's big stuff happening this season. Um, but you know, big stuff doesn't always necessarily mean like big production, yeah. big yeah. explosions. Yeah, there's gonna be um, a lot know, of It'll be explosions of emotion. Ca- you know, character moments in 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 the next episode of of, of, of different characters meeting and and you know, because I, I, did we even see Brienne in the in the premiere? I have to kind of I, I maybe she was in one of the group scenes, but I don't think we did actually. Um, which again, maybe that kind of speaks to how jam packed uh, the show is now. But I mean, it's fair to say that like. You know, it seems strange that in an episode full of so many reunions, yeah, you're left off with the implication of her hanging out with Jamie again, which in some respects is going to be um, the most exciting. And I think we barely saw Missandei um, and 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 Grey Worm. We you know, we we saw them, you know, during the 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 march in, but I don't think they actually had any, any speaking scenes. So so yeah, there's there's a lot of characters we haven't even really checked in with yet. Yeah, we are going to look back over this season and be like, okay, the writers tried very hard, but who's the character who did who had the least amount of scenes as a result of of uh, the pile up? I'm worried it might be Davos, which I'm sad about because you know he's my favorite character in the, in the books, but uh, we'll be monitoring that too. Well, that wraps it up for this week's episode of EW's Game of Thrones Weekly. Thanks so much to my pal James Hibbard uh, for taking a break from publishing all the great things that everyone should go check out. Uh, literally in the time it's taken us to record and publish this. He's written probably one or two more things. You should go read about it on EW.com. Great coverage of the premiere of Game of Thrones uh, with a look ahead to what's going to happen in the rest of the season. Uh, If you want to talk to us about the show and who doesn't want to talk about this show today, uh, you can always find us on Twitter. He's at James Hibbard. I'm at Darren Franich. Hey, while you're just hanging out, doing stuff, why don't you go give us a rating, give us a review. We'd love to hear what you think about this show. We only have a few episodes left unfortunately but we want to make these the best episodes of this podcast that we've ever done and uh, it helps us to hear what you think about the show so let us know what you think about that give us a rating give us a review Uh, we're on apple Podcasts. we're on radio.com we're on stitcher wherever you get your podcasts from that's where ew's game of thrones weekly is we're so stoked about talking about the show again and we'll be back same time next monday talking all about episode two of the final season of game of thrones 
and one more note for you guys. Courage can be a powerful asset, which is why the all-new Toyota RAV4 Adventure Grade comes with standard, dynamic, torque-vectoring, all-wheel drive, and multi-terrain select, so you have the courage and confidence to roam over almost any terrain. Any terrain in the north, the south, in Essos, in Bravos. Any place you want to go, Toyota RAV4 Ad Ad Adventure Grade will work on all terrains. Just visit toyota.com slash RAV4 for more details.